Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Amen. We are concluding today our series that we've been in for the past month called A House of Prayer. Has anyone been enjoying a House of Prayer sermon series? This has been helpful for you. Okay. It's been good to learn both the process and the power of our prayer. We looked in the beginning of what Jesus said about prayer. He talks in the Lord's Prayer, there's kind of a template that we can follow. We also looked at the story of Elijah, the man who prayed for there to be no rain and no rain fell. A man who prayed for rain to come back and it did. A person that prayed for fire to fall from heaven and it fell. And there were times where God answered his prayers quickly. There were times where he had to persevere in prayer. How many of you know that you have to persevere in prayer, right? Is there any moms, dads, grandparents in the room? You know you have to persevere in prayer for your children. I love that song uh, by Elevation in Maverick City. Have you heard Talking to Jesus? That is a powerful song. I love hearing that song. Talking to Jesus, what a friend we have in Jesus. And today we're finishing this series with a message called Practical Prayer. I want to try to get as as practical as I can with prayer. How how should we pray? When should we pray? How often? What should we pray about? All these questions. But you have to be careful when to pray because what you're praying for can actually give you the answer you don't want. Show the next slide. Has anyone had this happen to you? Be careful what you pray for, right? Right? You say you ask for patience, and then this is what you get, right? Has anyone seen that before? Uh, how have you, you don't know when to pray or when to act. Show the next one. Has anyone had this happen to you? Where you're like, I don't think we're going to pray before we eat. We're just going to dive in. And then someone says, are we ready to pray? And that's what you look like at that moment, <laughs> right? There are also times when there's a difference between what you're praying about and what they think you're praying about. Show the, the next one. Now, this is just a joke. I don't want anyone to get offended by this, okay? I know this doesn't happen at the gathering, uh, but sometimes there's a difference between what you're praying and what they think you're praying. And then lastly, there's a difference where you're praying for one outcome and maybe someone else is praying for a different outcome. Show the last one up there. There's a difference between what you're praying for and what they're praying for. All right. Everyone get the joke? Practical prayer. When, how, why do we pray? I want to give you some practical tips and how to implement them in a discipline of prayer. One of the most disciplined people in the Bible when it came to prayer was Daniel. I want to start at the story of Daniel. We, we know a little bit about Daniel. We've talked about him in past weeks. We know he's the man who survived the lion's den, but the lead up to that situation is that the king was caught in a trap by his officials. And his officials did not like Daniel. They didn't like the favor that he had. And so they schemed up a way to get rid of him by creating an edict or a rule that said no one can pray to any god except for to the king. It was a rule so great that the king couldn't even change it himself. And when Daniel finds out about this new rule, let's look what he does. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house 
where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. So when Daniel knew that the rule was in effect, when he knew that he he was being ordered not to pray, he knew the result of his disobedience. What did he do? He prayed. He responded with prayer. Unashamedly, openly, publicly, he prayed. It made me think, when we know the diagnosis, when we know that the decision has been made, when we receive the quote back and we know the cost of something, don't at that moment stop praying. Continue to pray because the decision, the quote, the diagnosis, all of those things, they are not the final word when God is in the room. Are you with me this morning? When God is present, keep praying. Keep praying even when it seems hopeless. And Daniel prayed publicly. But he wasn't praying publicly just to spite the rule or to say, I'll show them. He's not trying to be arrogant. He was simply following a higher power than the power of the king. And I want to explain a little bit of the significance of Daniel's windows being open toward Jerusalem. This is actually a callback to a prayer from Solomon in 1 Kings. Solomon is praying a prayer of dedication to the temple. And we're going to read that prayer where Solomon, he's dedicating the temple and he's praying about the people of God. He says this in 1 Kings chapter 8, starting in verse 27. He says, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built yet have regarded to the prayer of your servant and to his plea, O Lord my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day, that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you have said, my name shall be there, that you may listen to the prayer of the, that your servant offers towards this place and listen to the plea of your servant And of your people Israel, when they pray toward this place. Listen in heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. The key to this prayer from Solomon is he says, Listen to the plea of your servant and your people when they pray toward this place. Daniel is following the prayer of Solomon that God would hear his prayer as he prayed toward Jerusalem, crying out. It says he got down on his knees, right? Going back to Daniel and Solomon. And we talked last week about praying on our knees, right? That means praying with humility. Before God, he prayed and gave thanks to his God. And I know it's easy to give thanks to God when things are going well, but Daniel is giving praise to God when he could quite possibly lose his job, lose his position, lose his life in this moment. But his situation 
did not deter him from giving thanks to God. Because here's the last phrase. Go back to Daniel 6.10. The last part of that verse, it says he gave praise to God as he had done previously. This is not the first time that Daniel has done this. This is not the first time that he's got down on his knees. In fact, other versions say that he prayed as was his custom. He prayed as he had done before. We know that he's prayed before because the officials had to have known that he prayed. Right? That was the, way, that was the loophole they were trying to get at him. So they knew he was a man of prayer. And I think the favor that Daniel was experiencing was in part due to his habit in prayer. So our first point today is we're talking about practical prayer. Number one, we should pray in rhythm and out of habit. Not out of the habit, out of a habit. Let your prayer life be created as a habit that you take time throughout your day to focus on God and to praise him and to thank him. Daniel didn't wait for a crisis to come to God in prayer. He had already been in the habit of daily going to God in prayer. Now, thankfully, when we come to God in crisis, he answers us. He responds. But that is not the only time that we have to come to God in prayer. We want to build a habit of talking to Jesus as we would talk to a friend. Because prayer is about a relationship. And if you take the relationship out of prayer, all you have is religion. If you take the love out, all you have is legalism. And that's not what the church is about. That's not what God's people, the Bible says we are known by our love. We talk to God, not to cross off another thing, not to check off a box. It's because we love God, because we have a relationship with him. The more that you talk to someone, the stronger your relationship gets. I assume that a lot of you here have habits of connecting with people in your life, right? Maybe weekly or monthly, you set up times to go see your friend. You go out and you get coffee. You play board games together. You watch sports games together. You, you do things together out of habits with people that you're close to. I've built a habit over the past months, years, of on Sunday night, calling my mom, talking to her about her weekend. A few weeks ago, something happened on that Sunday, and I didn't have a chance to call her. So you better know the next day, I heard about it. <laughs> I called my dad earlier in the day. He said, yeah, mom was mentioning she didn't get a call from you. I was like, I know, I'm going to call her later tonight. I'm going to make amends. Everything's going to be okay. But she was expecting a call because we had built a habit of talking to each other. Have you been building habits of talking to God? Earlier in this series, we mentioned a book called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. It's a really solid book by Tyler Staten. He talks about a daily prayer rhythm. He says this, he says, a daily prayer rhythm is about fidelity. It has absolutely everything to do with love and absolutely nothing to do with legalism. Jesus' personal discipline was always about freedom and life. 
If you think about one of the most disciplined people in the Bible of knowing when to get away, when to focus on God, it was Jesus. He knew in the mornings, he knew late at night, he, he, he spent all-nighters sometimes in God's presence. Even when the crowds were around him, he knew, I got to get away. It's not my time right now to be with people, it's my time to be with God. And so his personal discipline, we, th- we, we don't like that word discipline, right? It's like, oh, that means I got to do something, that means I've got to be somewhere, discipline. But discipline is supposed to show our love for God. We create habits of discipline to be around the people that we love. And so in talking about discipline, remember, I want to be practical today. I'm going to try to be practical. So I want to share with you three times throughout a day where the author Tyler says that you could pray to God and what to pray about. Now, this is just a template, okay? A lot of things that you can pray to God about. This is a suggestion. So he says, in the morning, this is one of the most important times to pray because you're trying to set up your day for success. You want to try to approach your job and your boss and your kids without Jesus inside you? It's going to be a rough day. You need Jesus. You need to focus yourself on who he is. I don't know if that means you need to get up maybe just 10 minutes earlier. Maybe you need to just in the, in the car, turn off the podcast and focus on God and praying to him. But this is what Tyler advises to pray in the morning. He says, start by just praying the Lord's Prayer. You've got the template already. You don't even have to come up with the words. If you have not memorized the Lord's Prayer, I'd encourage you to do that. But internalize that prayer. Contextualize it for your day. Say something along the lines of, Father, God in heaven, hallowed be, praise your name. I magnify your name right now. I ask that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done right here in my life, right here in the school, right here in my job, right here at home. Your will be done. Give me today my daily needs. Give me the things that you know what you need, right? You can can fill in the blank of what you need God to do in your life that day, what you need him to satisfy and provide, and then say, God, forgive me of my debts as I'm forgiving others who've offended me. And this is another important one. Lead me not into temptation. God, protect me from evil. Protect me from doing the wrong thing. Help me to keep my mind on what is godly and is pure. Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It's a simple prayer, but a powerful way to start your day. All right, let's move on to midday. This might be the most difficult time to get away from everything. You've got the kids, you've got, you're at the cash register, you're, you're at your desk. Can you find a minute, a moment to pray to God at midday? It could be something very small. Maybe it's a minute of solitude at your desk. Maybe it's a quick walk around your building. Maybe, maybe you're just trying to find a holy stall that you can go in and pray and no one will bother you for a moment. But whatever it is, Tyler says, why don't you in that moment at midday, Take a moment to pray for the lost. The lost. If you don't know, in in the gospel, Jesus talks about those that don't have a relationship with God as they're lost. Can you take a moment to pray for those in your life that need to know Jesus, that they would come into a relationship with God? Maybe that God would use you to do that. Maybe that there would be a way for the lost to be found 
and the love of Jesus. So that's the second point at midday. And lastly, the evening. Maybe as you're driving home and you don't want to take that junk of the day and lash out on the people at home, right? You don't want to take that and make that how the rest of your evening goes because of all the junk that maybe took place at work. No, Tyler recommends, why don't you take a moment in your car to pray a prayer of gratitude to God for what he's done? Your day can be lousy, but maybe there's just one thing that you say, God, I just thank you that this car is safe right now, that I'm getting home safely, that I'm able to provide food on the table for the family. I've got a place to go home to. You know, one powerful thought of gratitude can wash away a day of struggle if you allow it to. I don't think you can focus on being grateful and focus on the negative at the same time. So that's a template of what Tyler says, praying in the morning the Lord's Prayer, praying at midday for the lost to come to know Jesus, and praying in the evening a prayer of gratitude. I hope that helps you. Maybe give you something to start with. Again, it's a template. We can pray about a lot of things, right? We don't have to just pray for those things, but those are certainly some things to pray about. I want to share next with you about some few things that we can pray about that Scripture tells us specifically. The past few weeks, we've talked about James. He says, in all circumstances, all situations, pray. If you're sick, pray. If you're suffering, pray. Here's another situation for prayer. Look at James 1.5. In James 1.5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. You need wisdom in your life? Ask God. Pray to God. Because, again, you are praying to the one who gives generously. We talked about that last week, right? When we pray, we're praying to the God of abundance. He doesn't just give you just enough. He wants to give you in excess, overflowing, in abundance in your life. So we can pray in all things for ourselves and our needs, Jesus instructs us to ask for our needs and forgiveness, and he also instructs us to pray for others as well. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high position, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Our second point on practical prayer, number two, is pray in all things and for all people. In all things for all people. Paul says he instructs the believers to get detailed with the prayer, right? He says pray, intercede. He says supplication. He means pray for the needs of all people. Cry out to God for people. Thank God for all people. Pray for all people. Pray for those who are close to you and your friends and your family. Pray for those who annoy you and frustrate you and make you angry. Pray for those that agree with you. Pray for those who disagree with you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting the general theme of what I'm saying? Pray for all people. And then Paul says, pray for the king's Pray for those that are in high position. Pray for those in authority in your life. 
That might mean praying for your boss, praying for the CEO, praying for the school board, praying for the principal, praying for our Marysville city officials, praying for our governments, praying for our senators, for our president. We need to pray for President Biden. I didn't ask if you voted for him or not. You need to pray for him. We need to pray for godly counsel, for godly men and women to surround him and cover him so that he can make godly decisions for our nation. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Our nation is in more need of prayer than a party affiliation. All right, I'm going to move on before I meddle for too long here. Pray in all things for all people. But we pray for government. It's interesting. He says, pray for the government so that you can lead a peaceful and quiet life that glorifies God. The scripture says, the reason that we pray for the government is for us to be able to worship God and to witness to people about Jesus without the government intervening. So if the government is intervening in our lives and we notice a push of that from the enemy, what are we supposed to do? That means we need to pray. It means we need to be more diligent in our prayer. There may be action we need to take, but definitely needs to be prayer. Look at one more thing that Paul instructs us to pray about. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. You know, praying for all things and all people, that includes praying for an opportunity to send the gospel of Jesus into people's lives. That means praying for missionaries, for nations. There are some places that don't even know the name of Jesus. Praying so that every tongue, every person, every nation can know the gospel of Jesus. We're running out of time, so I'm going to keep moving, but I want to make sure we know. Pray in all things for all people. And we have a responsibility to witness to others, right? That's not just for the missionaries. That's not just for the pastors. We all have that responsibility. But in order to do that, we need power. We need courage. It can be nerve-wracking to talk to people about Jesus. And so in order to have that strength, practical prayer, again, number one today, pray in rhythm, pray in all things, and number three today, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. I want to be practical here with the issues that we deal with. But when you pray in the Spirit, you are praying the perfect will of God. Look at what Ephesians 6 says. Verse 18, he says, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. If you want to pray boldly, if you want to preach boldly, pray in the Spirit. 
Pray in the Spirit. You can pray in the Spirit. You can pray in tongues. I'm not just talking about speaking in loud in tongues for someone to interpret. I mean your own personal prayer life. The power of that prayer life is the enemy cannot disrupt what you're saying in the Spirit. You know that? It completely goes past your mind. You don't even know what you're saying, but there are utterances that are taking place that are connecting directly from your spirit to God's spirit. Let me share with you one more scripture as we close about praying in the Spirit. Worship team, you can come join me as we close. In Jude, the one and only chapter in Jude, verse 20, It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Jude says, build yourself up in the faith and by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, praying in the Holy Spirit, that can mean a couple different things, okay? That can mean that the Holy Spirit helps us pray by giving us the right words as we pray. Paul says he gives us the boldness. He gives us the words to say when I open my mouth. The Holy Spirit can intercede, be praying on our behalf. And lastly, we can pray through the gift of tongues that allows us to communicate with him in a deeper level. Praying in the Spirit is a weapon. Prayer is a weapon to your walk with God and against the attack of the enemy. And as we're closing here this morning, I feel like as we've been talking about prayer, sometimes we avoid prayer because we have shame or we have doubt or we have sin. And I want to encourage you today, don't avoid prayer because of your temptations and your sins and your doubt. Use prayer as a weapon to resist that doubt. Use prayer as a weapon against that. You can come to God in prayer with your doubt and ask for faith. You can come to God in prayer for your temptation, and ask for strength. Do you know this? You can come to God with your sin and your shame and your condemnation, and you can ask for forgiveness and healing and breakthrough. Don't avoid prayer. Use prayer as a weapon to fight those thoughts. You can't do it on your own. If you wait till you're ready to pray, if you wait till you're in a good spot to pray to God, you'll never pray because you can't do this on your own. And prayer is your lifeline to the God of the universe to ask you for strength, to help you get over, fill in the blank, whatever you're dealing with. Prayer is the way to get over that obstacle. It's the way to climb that mountain. So today, as we close, we're going to use prayer as a weapon. Why don't you stand with me as we close? I want to pray for three groups of people. I'm not planning on making this a long thing, but I want to make it a powerful thing through our prayer. If you're here today, and that first point says praying in rhythm, praying in a habit, 
If you're here today and you say, Matt, I, once my day starts, I just, I'm going. I've got other things to think about. I don't, it's not in front of my mind to take a moment to stop and ask God for help. It's not in the front of my mind to pray for others, pray for the lost. My day's just going and going. If we don't tell time what to do, our time will go past us. It's not going to stop and wait for us to answer. And so if that's you today, and you're saying, I want prayer to help me keep a habit of prayer, a rhythm of prayer in my life. If that's you today, would you slip up your hand? Say, I need prayer for that. I need to help that. Yep, I see hands. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of us. Let's pray for that before we move on. God, I pray right now for those of us that we've raised our hands and say, I need to do a better job of putting you first. God, would you make me alert in my morning, in the middle of our day, and our evening to focus on you? Because you have the answers to the questions that we have. You have the answers to the troubles that we have. Whether it's starting our day with the Lord's prayer or, or praying for the loss or gratitude or whatever you put on our hearts, help us to take a moment to turn our affection to you to start and throughout and the end of our day. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray for the second group. If you're here today and you've been struggling to pray because there are certain people that when you think about them, you don't think about praying. You think about laying your hands, but you don't think about praying. You think about the anger and the frustration that you have. And you need God to do a work inside your heart to say, no, I'm supposed to pray for my enemies. I'm supposed to pray for forgiveness. I'm supposed to move on. They need prayer. I would want them to be praying for me. Why won't I be praying for them? If that's you today and you're bold enough to say, I need, there's some people I need to pray for in my life that I've been doing a poor job of, would you raise your hand? and say, that's me. There's some people in my life. Yep, I see. Yep, yep. Let's pray together, church. God, we thank you that you've called us to pray in all things, and you've called us to pray for all people. Help us. God, I pray against the root of bitterness in our life. We will not allow that to grow and cultivate that in our life because it is hurting us more than it's hurting anyone else. And so, God, we pray for forgiveness. We pray that you take away the anger and the hatred and said there'd be a love for all people, just like you would do, Jesus. Jesus, we know there are people, as you were on the cross, you looked over them and you said, God, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He was praying for those who had put them on that cross. Help us to have a love for all people that's like that, unconditional, un incomprehensible, a love beyond our own ability. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray for one more group of people. If you're here today and you've never been prayed for the filling of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we don't do this for a show-off thing. We pray because if you want all of God, if you're open and willing for more of God in your life, the Holy Spirit gives you courage, it gives you boldness. We know in Acts it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And if that's you today, the team's going to lead us in one song, and I'd love to pray with you personally. If you would like to be prayed for the Holy Spirit, I'm going to step right off to the side. If you're willing to join me in the front, I want to pray with you to receive that. 
that's not something, you've already been filled with the baptism. If that's not something you're looking for today, the team's going to lead us in one song. It's called Our Father. It was a perfect way to end this series, praying, singing the Lord's Prayer as we close. So I'm going to pray and the team's going to lead us. God, we thank you for this moment to pray and to worship the Lord's Prayer. I pray that you would do something mighty in this room. If there's even just one person that says, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to be filled with that. God, would you fill them here today as we respond to you and receive all the goodness of God in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.